Triune Moment, Wednesday, December 7, 2022. My Father will send you the Holy Spirit in my name. The Helper will teach you all you need to know. He will bring to memory everything I said to you. John 14, 26. Let's begin by stating the unequivocal. The term Trinity does not appear anywhere in the Bible. The concept of a triune God, that is, three in one, is odious to both Muslim and Jewish traditions. But to those of us who cling to the Christian faith, this expression of God in three inseparable entities is at the core of our common faith, even if there is no total agreement regarding the orthodoxy of this core belief. The concept is expressed in a number of statements, John 1 being the seminal text penned by the Apostle. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1.1 Add that statement to the scene of Jesus being baptized, found in Matthew 3. Here, Jesus is being baptized, the Spirit of God descends in the form of a dove, and the Father declares his deep love and pride for his Son. It's a wonderful scene of tri-unity. So, although I do not intend to parse the entire doctrine of Trinity, suffice it to say that God is one. There is no such thing as three gods. That would be heretical. God is one is at the core of our understanding of God. Read the Shema in Deuteronomy 6.4. So, is God one or is he three? You are free to disagree with me. But I am convinced that most everybody who is graced with entry into the eternal kingdom of God, the one he is preparing for those who love him, will be surprised many times over when it comes to our understanding of God and the insights he shared with us during the centuries of human history. Here is my spin on the concept of the Trinity. God is one. But for the sake of revealing himself to this rebellious and stiff-necked world, he has revealed himself in three different ways. God above us, God with us, God in us. It is not for God's sake that he reveals himself at all. It is out of love when he created this world and its inhabitants. He did so despite the certainty that this world would rebel. He knew the cost, the incarnation, and the passion of God in the flesh. That is unfathomable love. That is God. There's this parable told of a father and a son walking on a dusty path when they come across an anthill. They stop to admire the many ants living their busy ant existence. Suddenly, the neighborhood deviant child comes behind them and beholds this father-son scene and the anthill they are beholding. He suddenly launches forward and kicks the anthill, destroying it totally. He runs away cackling, apparently very proud of the chaos and destruction he has brought about on this clueless ant colony. The son looks to his father and with tears in his eyes, he says, Father, what can I do to help these innocent ants? The father replies, You can't, my son. You would have to become an ant to be of any help. Hmm. Nothing less than a complete insertion into the pathetic lies of a clueless world hell-bent on self-destruction could make a difference. God the transcendent, God the descendant, God the eminent, Elohim, Emmanuel, Ruash, God the everlasting, God the Lamb, God the indwelling presence, it goes on and on. I find comfort in knowing that God is forever, that God is personally experienced in my failures, 
and that God is willing to live in me, all for the purpose of saving me. My existence depends on a triune God that walks and talks to me through the mystery of forever, through the depth of his sacrifice, and through his workings in my conscience. Those are the triune moments I long for every day. I don't always see them, but I know they are there, always and forever. Abba, I can't see you. I can't touch you. But I can feel you in my soul, in my thoughts, and even in the dark moments of my life. Don't ever let me go. In Jesus' name, amen.